We are back. Eastern Current Fishing Podcast is back up and running. It's been a long time since we've talked to you, but we're, we're glad to be back. It's been a much-needed break. I had a baby. Um, I didn't have a baby. My wife had a baby. Uh, we moved. Uh, it's just been a busy time in life and needed to spend more time with family recently. And It's been good, but I'm excited to be back, uh, excited to have the crew back together. I wish you could see us. We're going to be doing a lot more just audio-based podcasts. Uh, we'll do some video stuff as well, and we're going to be ramping up the YouTube content again as well. But a lot of our podcasts from here on out are going to be just audio, so you're going to be f- just finding them on the podcast platforms, um, which I th- 90% of y'all listen to it on the podcast platforms anyways, uh, and, and we can really control the audio and, and the content, or the audio and really the the quality of the podcast doing it this way. So we've got a whole new setup in the shop um, at our new at the new house, and we can we can really kind of dial everybody's audio in so it's gonna it's gonna be fun we're gonna have a lot of fun we're sitting here at a new table that our buddy at tnl table company built for us just for the podcast so i will maybe i'll post another picture of this for everybody to see but it's a really cool podcast table uh really cool table in general but he poured some resin down the middle so it looks supposed to look kind of like a marsh creek running through the middle of the the table um and it's sick it's very sick but i've got jeff and ozzy with me we're going to get right to it and get to talking. I know it's been a long time. I apologize, but I thank those of y'all that clicked on our podcast again. I'm sure there's some resentment, maybe a little frustration with me for leaving everybody hanging for a little while, but we're, uh, we're excited to be back and we're here. We're here to stay. I'm going to say it. We're here to stay. <laughs> I got a lot of accountability partners here that are going to keep me going. <laughs> uh, how are y'all doing? Doing great. I'm doing great. How's yep. it going, Ozzy? Hanging in there, trying to stay out of trouble, bumping and grinding. <laughs> <laughs> bumping and grinding. Hanging in there, trying to stay out of trouble, bumping and grinding. I mean, a lot of things. You got it. <laughs> um, I got to give Ozzy a shout out for really just bugging the mess out of me about <laughs> keep getting the podcast going again oh. in a good way. I just, he was making me feel terrible about myself. So that's the whole reason I really did get it. But no, but Ozzy, Ozzy, y'all have heard him on the podcast a lot. Y'all, y'all, uh, Y'all seem to like him a lot, as well as Jeff, full of great knowledge. Jeff is our fishiest friend. Oh, yeah. He's, his, his analytics when it comes to fishing is second to none. And then even when it's not that, it's like really annoying, intuitive. Like, he'll do how stuff. How do you know that? Like, yeah. What, where'd that come from? You'll be like, the tide's getting a little high. Where do you think we should go? And he'll be like, <laughs> west. <laughs> we should go west. Yeah. And you run west, and you just run into redfish. Yep, that's right. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something you're born with. I was not born with it. Same. Um, but, yeah, so I think the main crew of the podcast is typically going to be from here on out, myself, Ozzy, Jeff, Cameron, and Michael. Uh, with this new setup we've got, we can record with four people at a time, which we hope to do, um, you know, at least have three of us because it makes a good conversation. I'm also going to be bringing on guests as well, like I used to, phone-in guests, um, which which I look forward to that as well. But for now, we're just going to try to really ramp things up. One podcast a week, three Eastern Current. we got some other stuff in the works. We don't want to talk about it yet, but – um, we're, like I said, we're back to stay and we got some good things in the pipes. So today we're going to talk about fall fishing overall, but I think a heavy focus on speckled trout, uh, maybe a little bit of our frustrations with the false albacore this year down in so- Southeastern North Carolina. Um, maybe some red fishing talk, just kind of an all over fall, fall fishing, but, but more so, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Fall fishing, heavy focus on speckled trout is what, is what I see it, where I see it going, but who knows? We could be talking about something crazy. Our Airbnb and Belize by the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. let's start out with Ozzy lives in like trout country. I mean, he's up there and on the New River. 
How's your uh, trout season? It seemed like it maybe started a little slow up there this oh, year. Oh, definitely. Um, communicating with you guys uh, in the beginning of the fall when the water temp was still like 68 and and just getting down in that trouty temp when that first cold snap yeah. we got, like 65 is what I would consider a pretty trouty temp. Um, I think you guys got it way better um, right out the gate. I was able to come down here and fish a little bit with, with some of the Eastern Current crew, and um, it was good. It was pretty good. Um and then shortly after that, I heard that there was even a, another push that was good. And I would every time I'd come fish down here with you guys, I'd go back you know north to the New River, New River Greater Topsail area. I'm like, dang, I mean they got it good right now, which is a little, in my experience, a little backwards. I feel like the, the you know that area does hold big trout and good trout fishing. I was like, what in the world? Um, so yeah, we had a late jump. Um, but I think we've we've seen it definitely pick up. There was there's been some fish move in. We're getting some of our migratory fish back um, that should be yeah. headed our way. And I think just north of us had some pretty pretty gnarly weather a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago or something. So I think there's a lot of things pushing. That's true for birds, trout, you know, anything that migrates. For sure, a couple of storms that helped us out. Um, so that's kind of how our trout fish is going. Trout fishing is going. Um, we have good resident trout, so we had trout fishing to be done, but not that good fall push you would expect. Yeah. Um, so, I, and I, I don't know, I've theorized and theorized. I don't know why it got better for you guys you know, first, or, or maybe it's just a little piece of what I've seen and there's actually a bigger picture. I, I don't know, but, um, yeah, we definitely felt like we started slow, um, but has, have since picked up, and it's, it's been pretty good. Yeah. Some healthy fish been been pulled to the boat here lately so it seems like the fish you know they definitely show up the migratory fish inlet fishings you know fishing in the inlet but also the the stuff around the inlet um the surf zones as well as the interior and the marsh and stuff is usually what loads up first you know um and i know that that new river inlet can fish good as well but it did seem like a lot of fish kind of slid past y'all and and maybe ozzy's even sneakier than i think he is and he's actually been smacking them and we don't realize it but um yeah it it, it was odd and and but it seems like the best fishing up there is like late november through december oh, right? yeah. yeah yeah for sure for sure i would say you know getting getting run at thanksgiving time straight on through february is when we really shine i think new river inlet can be pretty average compared to other inlets um in that first push where they're that's where they're at um but I was pretty guilty of not spending the time uh, that I have in recent years targeting them. Our redfish got really good. Um, for some reason, our water, well, I guess because of lack of rain and, and this and that, our water got clear, like winter clear before it normally does. Um, so it was kind of hard for me to leave um, that good redfishing that we had and and go target trout coming through the inlet so i was guilty of just missing out on it yeah. um that's why i say maybe there's a different theory big, bigger picture going on but for sure it definitely seemed like the days that i spent trout fishing were a little slower than i expected yeah so, i wonder yeah. how much like you know how our inlets in north carolina are so dynamic and constantly changing and some of them seem to really close up and some of them really open up i wonder how much of an impact that plays on those migratory fish moving into you know, into the our inshore waters. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the you hydro- just mean overall the depth getting choked out by sand. Yeah, exactly. You know, so Riches and Mason's Inlet; those are two inlets that are they they close in a little bit. So I wonder how 
them being closed off can impact those fish pushing inshore. I wonder what their happy depth is in the surf. Right. Trout, you know what I mean? Like as they're migrating, where do they, what do they, is it the same as inshore, like that three to eight feet? Or are they like sitting real tight because of dolphins and sharks like sitting up in a foot? You know, the redfish yeah. sometimes are sitting in like, the, like on the beach. Like right. you could literally spit on them if you're standing in dry sand sometimes. I think watching all the old heads or, or in my area, I see a lot of old head, old trout heads do it, but they wade out in their waders and throw big 52, you know, MR 52s and stuff. So I've got to think they do what the redfish do. Yeah. You know, I don't, you don't see anybody off the end of the pier really smashing trout anymore but you yeah, do see got, they the guys wading doing pretty well yeah. you know so um with what little i know about it i would say they probably do what the redfish do and stay tight like that yeah but i think that's a really good point i think the hydrodynamics in an area uh really playing it because y'all's inlets are so different than than the diff- the inlets we have uh, yeah. especially new river in particular and I think historically you've got Browns Inlet, which is probably a little better for trout and probably a little more similar with with how it flows and how it comes in than is New River Inlet. Right. So that's a pretty interesting point. Yeah. It's uh, one of the pl- things I think about too, and is is how the one how the inlet you know the depth and the flow and all of that. But also thinking about the shape of the coastline. Like, you think mm-hmm. about fish that migrate north in the summer. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at the Cape Fear River, any type of fish that migrates north. Pompano, tarpon, um, you know, sharks. redfish, sharks. Baldhead sticks out way further than Oak Island. Mm-hmm. So those fish, as they're coming <laughs> up, they get sucked right into that inlet. You know, they're, right. they're, it's, it's a natural funnel for, for fish to... To, to pull into that inlet. And I wonder if those types of inlets that maybe have that easier transition from the surf zone into the marsh are going to pick up those migratory fish hmm. a little thicker, a little bit quicker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's so you're saying kind of like the, the direction of those migratory fish, whether they're heading south or heading north, yeah, kind of dictates which inlets and which... Get loaded up first. Right. Like browns, and you think about like every inlet, maybe both sides have good shoals, but like think about topsail inlet right now, like new topsail inlet. The south side of that inlet has a much more solid shoal than the north side. Mm-hmm. So you'd imagine you'd imagine like trout coming down that beach are going to be fed into that inlet, right? Much easier than like Rich's inlet right now. The shoal is much more prominent on the north side, right? And the fishing down there has been a little bit tougher. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like it, it, that's got to have something to do with how those really fish load up into yeah, the for sure. That like, just, I've never even thought about that before right now. But. <laughs> yeah. You should have st- you just uh, sold it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you start thinking about the big picture of things, and it yeah. really makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it's like driving down the interstate. You're going you're gonna to pull off to the closest gas station, not the further in. Right. That's how I view it, right? right. They're, they're just on the interstate. I'm like, oh, that gas station's the closest. Let's go in there. Yeah, and they're, I mean, they're, it makes you wonder. It's like, are they like sea turtles? Like, they go back to the same freaking marsh bank that they were born on or are they like you know they just kind of they know they need to go south and they're like oh this look the, the current's going this way and they kind of get just on a big tide one sitting on the south like a school of trout sitting on the south end of lee island and the current's sucking in and they just ride that current right in like or, or were they going to rich's inlet yeah. or did they just happen to fall in there i don't know yeah so i think a tagging program i think we would really benefit from a tagging program if they put those like little tagging be- you know how like in the river they've got those places that they can like if a sturgeon swims past it right if they could do those on like either side of the inlet 
and tag these redfish and trout and see if they're like leaving and like going back in up north and then coming back down and coming in the same inlet. So much of it is, is just unknown, and without something like that, you're, you're never gonna know. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I feel like we would eat, know a lot. Like we all of a sudden we would have great clarity, or we would just end up more confused. Right. It would be one <laughs> of like true. one of the two polarized opposites. We think all our trout are coming from the Chesapeake, but really they all come from like <laughs> like west texas we're gonna have all these theories and they're just gonna these get are african trout yeah. <laughs> but they swim they swim out of the gulf and go all the way around the world and then come back in instead of coming <laughs> up the coast i don't know who knows but they're fun fish man they're that bite i mean and the one thing that stinks about trout fishing in my opinion is it's one of those fish here in north Carolina that people want to kill them like it when is. you catch them they want to kill their trout and they want to and then i get sucked into like you know if all right if we're killing them like you you all only want eight to eat, but like a limit is twelve, and it looks better in a picture if we kill twelve trout. You know what I mean? I'm guilty of that sometimes. Of like, I want people to know we caught our limit in the picture. Yeah, every guide who says he's not is probably <laughs> yeah. They never they don't those guys don't catch their limit. That's right. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, that is that is tough. Um, that's like you'll never let a guy hold up three trout in a picture. Uh, no. You know what I mean? It's got to be at one, least four. One big one or four of them. Right. There's right. no in between. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, what were you, I totally interrupted you though. What were you saying, Ozzy? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I guess all guides are guilty of it. Yeah. Not even guides. I don't think just 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 people in, in general. general. People They're in general. delicious, yeah. and and if you can keep four, yeah, you know, that limit is definitely tempting. Tempting. Yeah. Um, you know, they're actually when probably outside of a spot, my favorite fish to eat. You spot your favorite? Oh, yeah. Spot oh, is gosh, good. yeah. Spot, spot is guy, favorite. huh? You are yeah. you are a, like a Swansboro, Jacksonville. Big spot guy. Trash. <laughs> Big just spot kidding. guy. Um, yeah, dude, flay that thing open and put a stick of butter in his belly. I mean, Freaking yeah. Delicious. Anything's good like that. Raccoon, pop. I've never <laughs> had a spot. I don't think I've ever had it. What? You've never been to dude, the spot. You need to go to the spot festival. Has that already November happened? November 5th. Oh, it's what is today? November oh, 5th. snap. We just made plans for your weekend. <laughs> The spot festival is super fun, actually, and delicious. Are you gonna go? It's uh, they're good. They're tasty. He's taking me now. Oh, I just shrugged at you. I just, I guess. <laughs> you can't shrug yeah. on podcast. You can't answer with a shrug. You ask me a question, I shrug. No, I don't. I have no idea. But I am about some spots. So. They are good. And right next to them is is speckled sea trout. I mean, they're speckled good. They're good. good fish. They're really good. So I'm totally for keeping fish. I really, really am. I'm also. I would say more for letting fish go, but even me, I struggle with that. Like, uh, you know, trout season, we're killing fish and it's, yeah, for sure. I got to put a fillet knife back on the boat. I can only lie about forgetting my fillet knife so many times. The summer. <laughs> like, oh man, I don't, yeah. I don't know where my fillet knife is. I think, uh, Chris Bush, you know, Captain Chris yeah, yeah. Bush in Texas said it best. He's like, man, keep what you need and release the rest. Yeah. There is a happy medium. Most definitely. There, there's definitely not, you don't have to be extreme either way. There's there's a happy medium to For like sure. have a meal that night. Now, I'm, I'm a big advocate of not freezing fish. Yeah, definitely. You don't, don't And that's fish. easy for us to say because we don't, we live at the coast. You know, right. I that do see when people point. travel that want to freeze some fish, but, but no, I'm with you. If you live on the coast and you're fishing a lot, don't freeze fish. Yeah. But I would argue that there's a big movement of the, us younger anglers and guides that um, are definitely starting to appreciate the, the the sport of it more and not looking to fill up the whole neighborhood's freezers. Right, um, right. So I think, I don't know. Like, but like you said, there's a there's a happy medium. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Um, Jeff, how has your trout fishing been this year? You kind of got on them hot and heavy before anybody else this season. Yeah, I mean, I, I got on them pretty good there for a few weeks. It was right when they, they first started kind of pushing in. We had that 
you know, initial cold snap. Um, but it's kind of tapered off a little bit for me. I, I just took a trip out to out west to Utah, and, and I haven't really fished for them too much since. A few days here and there, and we've picked on them, but it haven't had really the days that I had initially right off the back. And most of the fishing I was doing was, was that stuff near the inlets and some of the creek mouths near that area, but mostly those fresh fish moving in from the ocean that yeah. we got on pretty good. How good did it feel to be the very first one? You like you're like, <laughs> I don't know. You're if I was the first one. You're the Paul. You're the first one out of our our group. Yeah, you're of buddies the Paul Revere. You know what yeah. I mean? That's coming through. Like, yeah, no, I have no. the report. Like, <laughs> fishy, fishy Jeff. That had fishy to feel Jeff. good. Uh, I mean, yeah. There's like times that I expect phone calls from Ozzy. Times I expect phone calls from Jeff. <laughs> times I expect phone calls from Michael. And times I expect phone calls from Cameron. And then when somebody calls outside of that, there's like something broken. <laughs> or they smacked them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're getting that phone call that they they called him good. Um, but yeah, I think Jeff Jeff got on him good. And then where he was catching them good too, I was like, I, I never had a good day in there. I tried to have a good day in there. And then every time where I was like setting up my trip around it, like that zone, I'd roll in, make that little turn and look, and there'd be like five boats there. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. I, I mean, I it's I I think we're gonna have a good fall winter it already is feeling like it's been better than the past two or three years so what was it five years ago that was insane was that 2016 2016 i think yeah getting old i I want to say time is passing at least Uh, yeah quick time is passing i want to say it was four years four years ago it was right after matthew but before the freeze does that seem correct well i don't think we've had a freeze that's killed fish though since the good year oh yeah i agreed but they just got overfished heavily commercially and recreationally since then yeah, when they shut down Flounder, I think the trout took put a lot of pressure bit. on them. Yeah, for everybody. Yeah, because it's you know it was you could go catch four Flounder and keep them, or go catch four trout and keep them. And for the majority of the year, it's much easier to go catch four Flounder than four trout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are your predictions for this trout season, given what you've seen this early fall? I don't know. I've caught some big fish in an area that I've never catch big fish really. I mean, good fish, but I've never caught a citation. And we've had some citations in an area that I usually don't see those. And maybe that's luck or maybe that's, you know, maybe. And the size class has been good. Yeah, like, the size class has Everywhere has been, been really good. If you get into those fish that you feel like are maybe fresh fish or migratory fish, that 18 to 21-inch right. size class is pretty standard. Um, having some days that you catch nothing but good keepers. Um, right. And then you'll pull into a spot that's like a bunch of little ones. But right. I... Ever since migratory fish have showed up, I feel like there's been I've been bumping into less small fish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're you're fishing, you get onto a bite, and they're usually decent ones. Are you fishing in pretty salty waters when you're doing this, or <laughs> or is it like coastal rivers? I've I've been fishing the Cape Fear, and I've been fishing salty water. Yeah. Um, Where's the big ones coming from mostly? It, we've had big fish in both. Gotcha. But typically, all, like if I catch a good fish, it's either like late winter here in the salty creeks or up mm-hmm. by you. Yeah. The reason so. I'm, I, I'm asked that question is to make the point that I find most big fish up a coastal river. Yeah. You know, from Cape Fear, White Oak, Noose, Pungo, you name it, those places are known for big fish. Um, and I think Jeff and I just recently had the same conversation. But um, the reason that is is because a speckled trout got a uh, an organism in, in their body that takes that salt water and all the nutrients in it and turns it into whatever they need, just like our bodies does when we, you know, eat. And um, as they get older, that organism in their body gets weaker. 
So you, you, you typically won't find big speckled trout consistently being caught in high salinity areas. That's cool. That's why it's coastal rivers, I think. Just a theory. Um, but nonetheless, um, if you look up and down the eastern you know, coast of the states, you'll see that most of them come from rivers. And I think that is because that organism gets weaker and they're not able to be in those high salinities. Sure, they'll use the coast and, and the ocean to migrate, but they won't call home a very, very high salinity area yeah, because that they're getting weaker and they For need sure. to work a little less hard to turn that salt and all that nutrients into what they need. I wonder what the furthest upriver, you know, let's say the Noose River, what the furthest upriver like a 30-inch trout's been caught or seen. Maybe not 30-inch, but like a big trout, mm-hmm. how far up the river they they go. Like I'd, I'd love to know that. That'd like, be a good question. Like for yeah, someone who caught one. We need <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, one of those questions that you just send out into the universe and nothing happens. But <laughs> um, if, if if you are listening to this podcast and you, you've heard of a fish being caught way upriver, leave a comment or something like that. That'd be cool to know like yeah. how many miles upriver. I'm not talking about GPS coordinates or spot or anything like that, but maybe like mileage up. Or if you've heard of, you know, somebody catching a big trout way up a river. Yeah. Um, let us know. And we're not talking about so far up the river that it, it becomes a rainbow trout. Yeah. Is that what happens as the speckled trout swims further up? It turns into a brown and then a rainbow? It's got to be. I mean, <laughs> that would be cool. That the evolution of the trout. Super cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would I'd, be. Or if you were fight, you hooked a really big one, like up in the mountains. You fought him all the way down to the coast, and he went through those changes during the fight. <laughs> He's half speckled trout, half yeah. rainbow trout, yeah. hybrid. That'd be, cool. That'd be a beautiful fish. I bet it would, dude. This got to be one of the prettiest inshore fish. Yeah. Got to be. It, they really are gorgeous. But it's got to be the hardest fish to nail a weight down on via picture. Definitely. I mean, it is. Not- Which is makes it awesome for clients. They're like, how big is this one? And you're like, <laughs> 30. <laughs> <laughs> they are so deceiving. They, the pictures they never do it justice. I think we were all three on the water recently before you went to Utah, and there was one fish that you were sitting around. Like, yeah. It was I, a it big was, old question mark because it, it was a stud fish nonetheless. It was about probably 21, 22. I think. It, I think we we started a lot higher. Yeah, I thought it was 24, 25. It looked But good. it was the first, like, fat fish that yeah, I caught this I year. Don't, I don't even remember this picture. I, I think me and you were sitting. And then y'all were at, like, did you measure it? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was calling it a 24. That. I think at the moment you and y'all, I. Was, y'all were fishing together. Yeah, we yep. were sitting. It actually took a lunch break somewhere, sitting down having lunch. And oh, we so y'all were, really got to look at it. Yo, dude, we dissected <laughs> it. We started, like, guessing how long your fingers were. And like using, I got that. short fingers. <laughs> yeah, we were and like four inches, piecing them together. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such seventeen a- inches. It's <laughs> <laughs> about a nineteen-inch fish. Such a hard fish to nail down. They are. I mean, they they they're. And deceiving. some people, no matter what you do, can hold them and they look big. And some people, like I can sit there and like coach someone through how to hold a fish, and they just don't look big. Yeah, you got to take the time, and then you don't want to hurt the fish. Someone who's really good at holding fish and making them look big. Jeff, we're just complimenting you like crazy tonight. But <laughs> you are like a really good fish holder. You know who looks super awkward holding fish? Cameron. <laughs> yeah. I hate saying that because he's not here, but he always looks so awkward holding a fish. Himself. No, he can't. And Cameron, I love you, but you need to work on your pose a little bit. And I think I look the same way. Like, I just look so awkward. Like, like someone just photoshopped. I, w- I was holding like a bouquet of flowers, and someone just photoshopped a fish in like my hand. a hands. loaf of bread. Yeah. It's, yeah it, it's, I'm getting better. <laughs> I look at pictures of Jeff, and I'm like, that's what I wish I looked like holding a fish. <laughs> I think it helps being a little feller, too. It does help being yeah, a little feller. Little hands. Little hands, yeah. 
little hands. We, we need to start a movement. Remember like the SNL skit where they had like the doll hands in their oh, yeah. sleeves? We need to start doing like facial yeah, little hands. like that. <laughs> It'd be so funny. That would be hilarious. I don't know how you'd actually balance a fish on that, but it would be pretty cool. Um, fish will be dropped. Fish will be dropped. Yeah. God, that that is – a redfish, so easy to hold. It's mm-hmm. like they just shut down when you bring them on the boat. Yeah. Trout, man, I have more people drop trout, and it's so – That and flounder, both of them just – yeah, freak out. They just freak out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did y'all see the pictures of the hooks that the hooks that Michael's client got in his ear the other day that I posted? No. Y'all was didn't that see through that? his cartilage of his ear? Yeah, I thought I'm that gonna, was you. So I just posted it. It was a double boat trip that we were running, and didn't the guy you guys recently have a client that got I got one of my thumb. Oh you got yeah, your thumb. Yeah, and the back of the head. I, I hooked myself in the back of the head, and then I was year. trying to undo a trout in a net. Yeah, that'll do it. And he shook his head and just buried it into my thumb. But you haven't seen this picture, Ozzy? No, I haven't seen this one yet. So hooked him in the back cast, <clears throat> came forward full force throwing a topwater plug with the hook already in its ear. Oh, Ouch. my gosh. Isn't that gnarly? A pretty, Ouch. Pretty gnarly hook story. Yeah, we were, like, scared of topwater for the next couple of days. Like, oh, yeah. You recently had a client that got hooked. Yeah, gnarly. Bad. And these were good anglers. These were really good anglers, and... Care to Just care always to look behind you. <laughs> yeah. I'll uh, obviously leave them nameless, but I definitely will share this hook story. So we uh, we started at 7, and about 7.15, we start this conversation like, you ever been hooked? And we're joking about it. I'm like, yeah, man, I've been hooked here, blah, blah, blah. And at 7.30, 30 minutes into our trip, um, angler number two goes in the back cast and hooks angler number one right, like just left of his throat in his jaw. Like in the jugular. Yeah, like just missed it. The oh, point of gosh, the, the neck. I've never even thought about that as a hook spot. That yeah. sucks. The point of it was behind his jaw, and the shank of it was in front of his jaw. So I, I hopped down it's off like the platform. through the gland. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> oh my silly, gosh. dude. So I hopped down off the platform. You know, I'm trying to keep everything calm. I'm like, all right, man, just, just sit down right here. This is going to suck. Like, <laughs> But I'm, I'm going to pull it out. Yeah. Because there's no way to push it through and snip it. So... I put my hands on the hook, and uh, he passes out. Are you serious? Cold snoring. Falls onto the bow and starts snoring. <laughs> yeah, and he got his oh little, like, my he starts snoring and twitching a little bit. <laughs> Angler number two. Just total anxiety pass out kind of thing? I think so. But uh, they're married, and the wife's like, he doesn't do blood about the time I grab the jig head and passes out. And um, so I pick him up. I put him on the seat. You should have popped it out while he was out. I thought about it. I'm glad I didn't. But um, so I put him on the seat, still snoring the whole boat ride in. The the wife is holding him to the console and, like, making sure oh if he starts, God. like, puking. I, and I, I, like, snap back. I used to be, um, prior to full-time guiding, I used to be at EMT. And I, I, I flipped the switch, dude. I'm like, oh, work mode. And, and uh, <laughs> This is what I've been li- waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was trained for this. <laughs> anyways, he, you know, holding his head just in case he starts puking or something. Anyway, we get him back. I'm about to tie up to the cleat, and he wakes up. He's like, hey, I'm I'm good. I'm like, uh, nah, like, go, go get the hook out and fill up to it. We'll finish the trip later. And turns out he couldn't go to the urgent care because every time they touch the hook, he passes out. So he had to go to the ER and get a piece of his, like, skin on his jaw cut open to get it out safely. So I don't know what would have happened if oh I just went to yanking. I wonder if it got, you know, it was around that artery that's right there. I have no and that's idea. such soft skin mm-hmm. right here that if you would have did the, the, the braid and kind of hold and pull technique, 
it would have just stretched that skin so much. So true. You would have gone to pull it, and you would have just pulled the skin like out to here, and it would just. Uh, That's how that one of my lip was. I caught a fly in the lip on the platform. Yeah, such soft skin. And it, it just stretches. Like, I felt like a cartoon. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, there's some Ouch. places. You want it in tight skin. Yeah, yes, for you want sure. it in tight skin. Yeah. How, which one was worse, the one in your head or the one in your hand? The one in the head, my head didn't hurt at all. The one in my thumb hurt. Like, even when he was messing with it in my head, I really couldn't feel it that much. It, what hurt was the where the jig head smacked me in the back of the head. <laughs> like a bruise. That was like a bruise, like really Dang. tender. Um, the dude who got hooked in the ear, though, the next day, because we had him for a few days, his ear was, like, so swollen. Oh, my god! You know when a dog gets, like, a hematoma in their ear and it's, like, just super fat? That's what his, his ear looked like. Like cauliflower. Like cauliflower. Like cauliflower. But my thumb probably hurt worse. It wasn't a that bad of one, but it, it was, like, so deep straight down to the bone that, like, just barely even wiggling the hook was, like, Made oh. you jump a little bit, but it was an easy spot to pop it out. Sure. But the guy had never done the the line trick and popping it out, and so I was just like, "Don't baby, don't don't pansy out. Like rip this thing as hard as you can when you go, because yeah. that's you. If you're gonna pop it, you gotta really go, go for, for it. it. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't hurt. The pop out does not hurt if you if you go for it, and it's in a tight spot. Yeah, yeah. Tight skin. Tight skin. Yeah. Need tight skin. Don't do it if it's soft skin. I think you could do it like on your cheek, like soft, like as long as it's like a open place of soft skin, but like your lip or your. I mean, because you could think about your butt. You could pop it out on your butt like that, and it's yeah, not as skin. firm as it's. I guess my butt. I'm thinking of my butt and your butt. They're very different. <laughs> Yours is nice and tight. Mine is very saggy and flappy. <laughs> um, well, let's talk a little bit before we wrap this up about. Some of the tactics, you know, because I, I always like this to at least bring some education to people that are wanting to get out there and fish. And, and I, I couldn't have imagined a better first podcast back just hanging out, talking um, with some of y'all's favorite Eastern Current celebrities, Ozzy and Jeff. Um, but what 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 are some of the ways that have been working for y'all so far for trout season this year as far as producing some bites for you? Um. Man. And you can't say DOA shrimp. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was counting down to see who's going to say it first. Yeah, no, we'll leave that one out. We'll leave that one to you because that's okay. just your baby. That's my baby girl. Um, I, I, I've always liked the heavy deans. I've, I've caught some fish on those, but probably caught more on the DOA. I've caught a, a good amount of fish on topwaters first thing in the morning, but that seems to be kind of dying off pretty early in the day. Yeah. But other than that, kind of just the usual stuff, right? And yeah. Just you done much on trout tricks this year? A few, a few in in heavy current. I've I've seen just needing good. to get something down. Yeah, needed to get something down, and some of those you know, gnarlier windy days, something with a little bit heavier weight. That's one place I think I fall down is I I rely so heavily on that DOA shrimp because it does work so well. It does if I fish a bank and don't get bit on it so often, I'll just hit a bank with a DOA shrimp and then go somewhere else. I, but that's because I trust it so much. Yeah, but on those high current areas, I might be leaving a lot on the table. You know what I mean? Right. Not throwing a trout trick or, you know, a, some type of paddle tail. How often are you ever throwing it on a cork? I have i don't know if I've ever thrown a DOA on a cork. I wonder how that would do for you in, in, in the higher heavier. current stuff. Yeah, just because it's you, – you don't get that belly. You don't have to worry about the belly in the line as much. Yeah. But what, your DOA doesn't, doesn't fall the same way. It definitely doesn't fall but the same way. But if they're in there silly, they'll eat it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not even silly, but if they're in there decent, I think they need it. You just can't work that lower water column. You're right. you're pretty much relying on those fish, you know, swimming up a little bit and yeah. coming up to eat it. But you've got you've got me fired up about the the heavy dean. Like that bite is just as fun and current as the DOA shrimp. It is fun, and the, I think it's the 
the equal or the next best thing in heavy current sometimes yeah. is is that that heavy dean. I think it gets eaten pretty well, but it's it's another tricky. I think even trickier to fish than the DOA shrimp. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. So, I haven't tried any twitch baits, but I'd like to. Need to get on that. There's this one guy. He's got a yellowfin tower boat, blue yellowfin tower boat. Fishes rich as a bunch, and he dude he freaking sits on this spot. And I won't see anyone else catch him. And he's throwing a jerk bait down current and just rolling it back to the boat. Slow rolling? Slow rolling it back to the boat, catching them. Hammering them. Yeah. Little little trick of the trade, if you will, when I fish current. I think you and I did may have done this. I can't remember. But uh you got your, you know, spot lock on, you're you're working an area, throw a jerk bait out. The current's gonna make the jerk bait do what it needs to do. Yeah. But always, always have a jerk bait in the back rod holder. Just sitting in current. Just let it sit in that current. And likewise, you know, if you are fishing the creeks in the in the wintertime and you're gonna skip a straightaway, you know that straightaway is kinda dead. Throw a throw in a mirror lure, throw in a jerk bait out the back while you're trolling the motor on six or seven. Caught a lot of nice trout. Now it's not very sporty, of hey, course. But it, it gets the bite. Yeah. yeah. But always have a jerk bait or a mirror lure just hanging out back okay. there. I like that. Well, you're talking to two people who are very forgetful and will probably take off to the next spot, like on full plane with a jerk bait out the back and turn around. There'll be no 100%. line there. I actually did that the other day. Did you? Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, that's something I didn't I take off fully on plan, but I was, I was going, and the client was like, hey, uh, do you want to pull this rod in? Or <laughs> They're always so nice trolling. about it. They're always so nice about it. Like, they don't want to be like, hey, you idiot, you forgot. <laughs> it's like, we're wild fish, baby. <laughs> um that's another thing, time I do that is with my power pole. Not when I, whenever I use my power pole to actually hold to the bottom, I always bring it back up. Yeah. But a lot of times, if it's a windy day and I'm mm-hmm. sitting, and this is a good trick, people might not have thought about this. If it's a windy day and my boat's sitting real wonky on spot lock to a bank, and I'm trying to fish like maybe two people, but the boat's sitting odd because the it's not sitting true to the current. You know, the wind might be blowing it off the bank a little bit to where just the bow's facing the bank. Mm-hmm. I'll drop my power pole all the way down. And that drags in the current, and it'll straighten the boat up a little bit. Oh, uh, kind of like a fin. Like a fin, essentially. And um, that's pretty cool. It I'm works pretty well. About that. It works pretty well. Um, sometimes, if the wind's really, really strong, sometimes it doesn't matter. But if, if the wind's just <laughs> enough to spin it out. Definitely something you don't want to forget. Yeah, and every time I do it, I forget it. <laughs> but you, you remember very quickly. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, it's what's like, going on my boat? Why is it not getting up on plane? plane? And then you look back, and it's like, oh, that is why. She's just eating back there. I got nine, I've, had it, I've had it gone down on me while running, and me not notice. And I'm like... <laughs> Doing like twenty, I should be doing thirty for sure. And I look, look back, I'm like, oh, it's, <laughs> that's it, why. It is impressive that those things hold up to that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they're incredibly strong. They're How incredibly much torque strong. they can take, it's very impressive. Yeah, Have stronger than my transom, probably. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the testing videos? No. They run those things through the ringers, just rake them over the coals. I mean, they're like trying to get on plane with it in the mud, and like really, they'll be just like on plane and drop it in shallow water. The testing videos where they're testing power poles is super fun to watch. You're like, man. They're beasts, man. They're beefy they are. things. They're so awesome. Yeah. And well, their customer service is awesome, too. Yeah. This sounds like one of the most organic ads ever made, but oh, it's, yeah. it's not <laughs> even an ad. We're just, we're just chatting. <laughs> uh, check out PowerPole.com. Silent Swift Deadly. <laughs> so what is it? What is the slogan? I don't know. So I said Silent Swift Deadly. What's it? I can't read it from here. Sounds like a toot. If it's not that, it's shallow water anchor. <laughs> Sounds like a toot. Silent, swift, deadly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. What about you, Oz? What have you been throwing? Our tactics. Um, of course, top water. Uh, statistics show uh, up and down the eastern Gulf Coast that a one-knocker spook 
catches more 30 inch trout than any other. Do they actually? Or are you just saying that? No, I'm dead serious. What, what's the t- where'd you read that? A speckled truth. A speckled, yeah, okay, sweet. Dirty, I trust it. That that dirty 30 statistic where everybody was hashtagging dirty 30 to get the sticker. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. Most of them on um, a one knocker. Yeah, read the report after they did their thing. And the one knocker. That massive more. one we hooked the other day was on a chartreuse and white one knocker. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. You think he was over 30? I have no clue, but he was huge. It was yeah. a massive hole. I mean, it was like almost Man. the size of this. Not, I mean, it's gotten so much bigger in my head since. The size of this table. It was three <laughs> times the size of this table. No, no, the hole in the water. It was a huge hole, and it was definitely a trout. It was yeah. super silver. God. And pulled for a second and like shake. popped off. No, he didn't head shake. It was just like a poof, ate it probably like from here to midway down the green boat. Um, come tight. Came tight for like a split second, popped yeah. off. Dang it! Yeah, sounded trouty, the, a little smacky. It was a trout. I mean, I, I I could see it. He he popped the bait one time, or another fish did. Mm. So we, were, me and the guy that was working the topwater plug, were looking right at it, and then that fish just ate it. And mm. Heartbreaker. Yeah, but who cares? Because everyone's got a story like that, you know. Yeah, trout. Yeah, yeah. I, a huge one ate my bait. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, no one else really cares except for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's really cool, man. If you actually <laughs> caught it, people are like, "That's sick." But if it's like, dude, thirty incher, he ate it. I never saw him, but I know he was big. <laughs> Everyone's like, "It was a lizard sure. fish, buddy." <laughs> what so. do you prefer, a, a trout or a redfish on top water? Trout the eat. on top water. I don't know. I, I'd have to get redfish. The way that they stalk it before they eat it. That is cool. They're so clumsy, though. They're I mean, clumsy. I like them both. Everybody I just like the sight fishing of redfish. Like, you can yeah. get so much more from a redfish eat-wise through the s- visual sight fishing. Yeah. The trout, that's like the most they give you visual-wise, usually. At least where we live. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the top it, it's, I, it scares the crap out of you when a trout eats it. I mean, they both do, but trout, yeah. it always seems to surprise you. They just come up out of nowhere. And have you ever had him eat it in cleaner water where, like, you can see him, like, underneath it, like a like yeah. a lab, like like a puppy dog almost, like, kind of, like, getting they're, – they're, like, real yeah, spazzy yeah. underneath yeah. it. they're stoked. They're stoked, yeah. <laughs> I had that with a trout on a DOA the other day. I had, like, a, a blue fishy feeling bite, and it was in clean water. And, like, I, you know, I set the hook, it came out, and the bait, like, shot up near the boat kind of, and this yeah. fish came flying right up underneath it. And I was like, oh, look at that blue fish. And, like, I just twitched, twitched, and the fish just wham and smacked it. It's like cool. a 16, 17-inch trout, but nice. we had to watch him eat the DOA and learned a lot about, like, how they kind of stage up underneath it. Like, he chased it, mm-hmm. stopped underneath it, and then, like, when I popped it again and then stopped, he smoked it. So, yeah. maybe that's how they eat it. That's <laughs> how that one ate it. <laughs> we don't get – I wouldn't – I wouldn't – I would never advertise a sight fishing trip for speckled trout only. Yeah. I, I don't think we have it that good. But you get some shots. But there's certain times of the year where when we're red fishing in shallow – Clean water, what we call clean. I know it's different clarity than y'all have, but when we're pulling a bank, like I, I expect to get about three shots. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. When we're red fishing, your water is very clean, and it is. But it's, I feel like it's a different kind of clean. It's, st- it's a stained it's, clear, similar to our water down yeah. south. It's it's just yeah, exactly stained. It's yeah. like what our water down south is like right now. Yeah, stained clear, like yeah. a tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which exactly honestly, right. like I think is easier to see the fish and, and more contrast. Yeah, yep, the absolutely. clients, I think it's easier for them to see the fish. You just got the fish are a different color. That's right, and they tend to contrast. You know, like you said, with with that, and you know, surrounding environment, they just contrast much better. Than That's right. The silvery fish on that light sand bottom are so tough to see sometimes. Yeah, they especially are. if that water is you know blue but chalky, they're just. Impossible to see. When I fish with you guys, I, I find myself catching more on, obviously, movement, but that's anywhere, but more on tails, like bl- the blue in the tail way before I see that silver body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, whereas in, in my neck of the woods, fishing on a sand bottom, 
I, I just catch the fish. Yeah. Because of the color that our fish are and because of, like you said, the tannic water and yeah, stuff like for that. for sure, for sure. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely days where I'm like, well, we'll probably get a couple shots on trout. Super, super hard to feed. Um, but not, they'll eat, right? They will. Yeah. Absolutely, they will. Um, but there's also days where I'm just, I, I'm just surprised. I'm like, holy crap, we've just had, you know, a good many shots on, on speckled trout in shallow water. But they remind me of a lot of a, like a black drum. They're, no, they're just not as honest as a redfish, I guess. You know what I mean? Um, whereas a redfish will pretty much eat a good cast if it's a truly good cast. Yeah. Um, they're pretty honest. I don't think trout are necessarily as honest. They're far more picky. And I think about that when I'm fishing in places that are historically known for having big trout. I'm like, that trout's here. Yeah. And the, about the 202nd, you know, 202nd time my lure comes over his head, he'll eat it. Yeah. That's, that's how picky they are, though. Yeah. I have definitely been guilty of sitting in the hole for four and five hours, and finally, you know, and I knew it was there the whole time. There's a 30, you know, a big fish come out of right here every year. And after seeing them on the flats, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. They yeah. just sometimes don't eat and sometimes do. Yeah. But, again, that's. Do you feel like you see a particular size of fish that gets shallow, or do you think it's a, a wide variety? Um. I think you can have a wide wide variety for sure, but you're only going to see the big ones solo, it seems like, on the flats. Right. I, I won't see little ones solo. When I say little, I mean like that 16 to 18-inch fish. Mm-hmm. He's not going to rock by himself. He's going to be in a group in which you're obviously easy to spook. Um, but I find it more likely to see that 24 to 30 cruising by himself mm-hmm. not that i see 30s every day again i'm not trying to misadvertise it i i could not do a sight fishing trip for trout well unless something th- gets super crazy remember that day early summer that you and i fished together after a trip up there oh. and and we like both saw these two monster trout laid up and we're like oh those look like trout no 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 or judd, <laughs> judd looked at me i'm i'm polling he was like that's a trout and he was like a good 10 feet away from the boat, and not a cast was made. I, like, I, just stuck my rod and poked at him. Like, I didn't even try to fish to him, but I could have. I, like, waited until I could poke him with my rod. <laughs> he was like, that's a trout. It was a big one, too. But, like, we were, I think, not picking on you, we were both just shocked. We were like, oh, my gosh. Like, that. that's a. I was like, why didn't I cast at that? I had, he was just laid up beautifully, like a perfect. Yeah, we, we don't see that. We were yeah. both have, shocked. We have. But. We see fish laid up in the creeks in the dead of winter in the cold that won't even eat a freaking live shrimp that you float right off their nose though yeah we see that but they're just in survival mode i, I swear they just have to eat at night or something i don't know yeah it's i weird. don't know i've they even gone to anything. some of those spots like on the days that they should eat you know like it's warmed up for four days the water temperatures come up a few degrees we're about to get another cold front you know you set up way up and you drift live shrimp through them and you won't get a bite and you're yeah. like they must have left and then you go like Drift through there and you blow out like seventy five trout. And not a mm. single one ate a live shrimp. Yeah, but one day they've got to. Like it's not worth just not trying that, right? Barometer, barometer. Yeah, I've never fished with him. <laughs> <laughs> I want him on my boat. <laughs> um, yeah, that they they can be definitely more frustrating, but I think that's what makes them the ultimate sport fish that we have here. Yeah. Uh, readily have here. Yeah. Um, They've got soft mouths. You can't set the hook too hard. Oh, you can. Su- <laughs> <laughs> got to loosen that drag up. Both of you guys are super guilty of like, like moving. I thought that's what you sets. did with trout. Yeah, <laughs> but I just gotta think give them a show. The, the ultimate sport fish. 
and they don't eat all the time. You know, they they can right. be hard to catch in shallow water, uh, but they will eat, and you you got to be careful with them because they're the really easy fish to lose. They shake, they'll tail walk. They'll, I mean, there's it's a tough it's a tough fish to beat. Should you boat flip a five pounder with a topwater plug? Yes. All right. I think if you're worth your weight in salt, you will. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't. <laughs> I haven't caught enough to, to boat flip them. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't just for what I've seen that what Trevel's done in the past couple of weeks. You're right. You're right. No, yeah. I wouldn't boat flip a five. Not really. Hey, another thing <laughs> that I that I thought about that I want to share on here real quick that has nothing to do with fishing. Talking about hooks again, but it just always wear your sunglasses, even if it's cloudy. Wear your sunglasses, especially if you're fishing with somebody else. Because that, that dude who got hooked in the ear, if he had been six inches over to the left, it would have been right in his eyeball. Right. Not even six inches, two inches over to his left. Yeah. So, like, if they get dirty, take them off, wipe them, clean them, put them back on. Like, even, like, you know, you're leaning over the edge of the boat, you got a 14-inch trout on, he shakes, and he's got, a, like, a jig head in his mouth that flies out and pops you in the face. It, it, just wear your sunglasses. Yeah, solid point, for sure. Safety first. Safety first. Anything else y'all want to hit on, boys? We're at 44 minutes. Yeah. That pretty much encapsulates most of fall fishing. Yeah. I guess, I mean, you could get into a lot of stuff. For sure. As far as fall fishing goes, especially if you start talking about ocean stuff. But right. as far as inshore goes, I mean, I think we, we touched on a little bit. Yeah. I guess to wrap up our tactics, it's not just wind knockers, but it's really traditional. I'll tell you what. MR-17s. Yeah. Not a ton of soft plastics. My new uh, favorite soft plastic has been the Voodoo Shrimp. But we're we thick with shrimp right now, so it just makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, everything we're doing is traditional. Top water early and MR seventeens later. Yeah. You like that video? You like it more than the the DOA? Yes. I know. I feel like I'm gonna get mugged after that after this for saying that, but You're not I mugged, think. you're just not gonna get invited back. <laughs> he, he probably just doesn't catch trout. That's probably what it is. Do you know what a speckled trout is? Oh, all right. <laughs> I've ever ever showed you my tattoo? I asked for a speckled trout, and I've got like one of every breed all in one fish on my bicep. No, <laughs> I was zero. I was like, a, I was seventeen or eighteen, and I tried to get a speckled trout tattoo on my arm right here. That's sick, dude. It's kind of brown. It's, it's kind of rainbow. You just messed up his mouth a little bit. It's dude, you take that trout. Joker to Luke Worley at Good Grace's tattoo and let him, let him, let him trick it out. I probably should. Let him work his magic, dude. He can make that thing look like a freaking forty-two incher. There's there's a whole entire story it's, behind it's that a tattoo, different, but you might not want to change it because that's that honestly pretty sick. How it is, I yeah. like it. I mean, it, it looks different when you flex and when you stretch your arm out. Yeah, it's like he's eating a DOA. Like that's like a that. short fat trout, that's and now stretch your arm out before the DOA. After, <laughs> give me that. Hey, we need to do. Here's something I'm gonna throw out there. We're we're gonna do a uh, a a podcast. I'm gonna come out with some type of challenge, something. Actually, I'm not going to mention it on this on this podcast, but we'll figure something out. Oh man, I am excited. Yeah, we'll figure something out. Maybe it'll be a little bet between us and one of. Our, talk it's going to be. A, we'll talk off the air. We'll talk off the air. But <laughs> super secret. Yeah. So we're uh we're, we'll wrap it up. Oh, well, before we wrap it up, y'all are going to be starting to guide in Louisiana, fish Louisiana a bunch, but y'all are going to start guiding in Louisiana in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And I I just want to get that out there for anybody out there that might have ever wanted to fish Louisiana. Um, Jeff and Ozzy will be spending some time down there in the winters now. And maybe, I don't know, if they're nice enough, they might do a slight little Eastern Current discount if you book with an Eastern Current code. Maybe we can throw that out on the next podcast. Um, maybe they won't. Maybe as, they won't. As long do as you disc- choose me and not Jeff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it'll be, it'll just have to be like some type of raffle system. Like it. You booked yeah, the trip. I'm about it. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, for Eastern Current listeners, uh, if you want to fish Louisiana, Jeff and Ozzy are your guys. Get down there and go catch some big red fish with them. When are y'all heading down this year? Um, 8th through the 22nd. Yeah, this, you know, second week of December. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. We'll lock in some dates, but, yeah, I think I think 8th through the 12th are open right now. So Cool. Thank you. Heck yeah! Reach out to Judd or myself or Ozzy, and yeah, man. we'll get you hooked up. Yeah, so talk. Tell me, tell everyone y'all's guide business names, so that if they want to book a trip, they can uh, they can find y'all. This is the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cheesy. Marker twenty three inshore adventures, and I'm on Instagram, c a p t underscore o z z y underscore. Jeff, that is Captain Ozzy. For those who can't <laughs> spell good, yeah. Captain Ozzy. I'm it's dyslexic. Actually Cap I'm dyslexic. I'm just trying to help the other dyslexias out. <laughs> um, my Instagram is Jeff Kid Fishing, and my charter business is Wilmington Fishing Expeditions. Wilmington Fishing ILMFishing.com. ILMFishing.com. That's a really good domain name, honestly. Actually, like that? Is, yeah. Yeah, I sure. like that a lot. Um, and I saw, dude, I saw one of your ads on YouTube the other day. Really? Yeah. Sick. On nice. YouTube. Yeah, that's, that's that was good. sick. I was like, it didn't say it at first. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> this is jerk. And then I was like, oh, it's one of my best friends. That's awesome. <laughs> I think out of all the names, you probably got the coolest uh, guide name. Eastern Angling. Eastern Angling's that's a cool name. I got that's my problem though, man. There's too many names going on with everything I'm doing. I wish I, I but it's it, there's there was no way around it because it all came at different times. Like if I had just done everything at once, yeah, but but yeah, I mean Eastern Current, Eastern Angling, it all you kind of get the. It, it it feels like it goes You're just together, eastern, maybe. eastern boy. You're so eastern. <laughs> eastern Outfitters would have been eastern a great current. name, but somebody already stole that one. Jerks, <laughs> a bunch of jerks. But well, guys, we're stoked to be back. We're going to be doing podcasts every week for you, and uh, thank you all for listening. Hopefully, if you enjoyed the audio quality of this one, I think it should be a lot better. Let me know if there's anything we should change. If it was too loud, too quiet, um, let me know. If I had Ozzy way too loud, that dude can talk a little, little loud, a little deep. I can, I can tune him back a little bit. And if he says, if he's saying stuff y'all don't like, I can just <laughs> completely mute him. So y'all just let me know for the next episode. Um, if y'all have any topics y'all want us to touch on here going forward, um, let us know. And, and any guests you want us to bring on, we can do that as well. So uh, we're looking forward to pumping out some more content for y'all. And uh, thank y'all for your support. We'll see y'all. On, or we won't see you. Well, you'll hear us <laughs> on the next one. Later.